Hello and welcome back to What Is Life Dude, the podcast. This is episode four. We've already done three episodes. We have, yeah. Weird. All right, so today's been a weird day. <laughs> I was thinking this podcast is either going to be a great episode or a terrible episode because I am in a mood. We both are. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great episode. Right. Um, because... I feel sassy, honestly. We've been super grumps all day. I don't even know if you've been a super grump all day. It's because been like all week. I felt very off all week. Depressed. Would you say depressed is a fair word to use? <laughs> depressed or super grump. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been so grumpy today, I don't even know what you've been like because I've been so grumpy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it started off with, we're just going to like, I'm just going to complain for the first part of this episode. Eric and I do that because, you know, like I'm a spiritual person and I'm always like, oh, find the positives and things and see what you what you can learn from this situation. But sometimes when I'm just feeling real overwhelmed by the pettiness, I say, Eric, I need a little negativity box right now. I'm just going to like spew all this at you. And um, yeah, so we do that sometimes for each other. It helps not, it, it helps to make you just a not, n not a negative person all the time. Right. If you right? set clear like parameters. If you segregate it from your everyday life. Right. And just separate <laughs> it out, you know? Yeah. It's good to vent sometimes, I think, you know? So I'm going to do that. Right. <laughs> uh, there were dogs barking in our neighbor. I don't even know how to say it gracefully. We have... One, two, three, four, five backyards that border us in a way that we can see into, and everyone has one or two dogs. <laughs> and this morning, from when we woke up at 8 a.m. to when we left the house for the first time at 11.30, every dog was barking nonstop. It is the most <laughs> frustrating thing. Sarah was trying to record a voiceover in her office, and she just kept coming out like, I can't do this. There's, there are dogs barking. How am I supposed to get any work done? That's going to be in an upcoming video, too. There's just a portion where I'm like, oh, hear the dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's why I switched to, I, I was just using my camera's microphone, and I had to switch to this one to hopefully, like, kind of isolate my voice a little bit. But yeah. It was funny. It was humorous. I walked out. <laughs> so one of our neighbors, we know better than all the other ones, and we know their dogs. One of their dogs has come over and played with Melvin before. They do love each other. But... One of them just yaps and yaps and yaps if we're playing in the backyard and she's not involved. So I walked out there and I was like, hey, shh, bad dog, shut up. Just scolding <laughs> our neighbor's dog, how I would scold Melvin. And then two seconds later, someone from their house opened the back door and was like, hey, get in here. And I was like, she definitely heard me. But like, what am I supposed to do? Because all of our neighbors, at some point, aren't home, and their dogs are just yelling in the backyard. Don't let your dogs do that. Hmm. Leave them inside. Melvin is a perfect angel. Melvin, <laughs> he, he doesn't bork that much. No, he rarely. He truly doesn't. He, he does when there's raccoons, and he can sense them in our backyard. But we don't leave him out when we're not in the house. So if he's barking, we hear it, and we say, hey, get your butt inside. Right. Okay, that was the first thing. <laughs> Second thing, yesterday... I was at work and Sarah was texting me, I'm having a bad day, this is happening, this is happening, I feel like this. I'm going to go to the gym so I can get out of the house for a second. Car won't start. Awesome. 
So she's like, all right, I guess I'm in for the day. And she stayed. So then today we went and we got her a new battery because her car wouldn't start. So we start to take it out and there's a screw in the bottom that locks the battery into the carriage of the, of, of <laughs> the car, right? We had to go get go to Home Depot and get some more tools. But we don't know anything about tools, so. Well, we went we went to the gym. We went and got we went to get a battery. The woman at the auto parts store was on a personal call the whole time <laughs> and apparently she was the only employee in there. So she couldn't help us basically. So right. we rage left. We're like, we're going home. Went back, did some more research. Went back to a different auto parts <laughs> store. Got a battery. Went home. Couldn't finish the job. Had to go back to Home Depot to get a long wrench <laughs> to get it in there. Popped it out. Changed the battery. Car wouldn't start. Like, what is happening? Gaslight, not on. Nothing seemingly wrong. So I put more gas in it with a gas can just to see what would happen. And then it started, but the gaslight wasn't slowly, on. started slowly, though. Yeah, I, I had like a weird car situation last week too because of the snow. Where literally, I spent an hour digging my car out from under the snow, and then still I couldn't move my car because there was just so much piled uh, around it. I mean, you have such a small car, and it's so low to the ground. Yeah, my car's not meant to. It's be not in meant snowy for the weather. snow. Mm-hmm. I have a tiny little Kia. So. <laughs> So that was that, but now the car works, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But now I kind of want to get rid of my car because, I don't know, I I feel like some people will relate. I'm just overwhelmed by normal adult duties, like um, owning a car and paying for car insurance and maintaining a car and medical insurance and rent and uh, power and Wi-Fi and all of these little things that you just like bare minimum need to survive. Apparently I just want to, I want to run away into the middle of the, I was going to say um, the middle of the ocean. That would be nice. I always wanted to be a mermaid. Maybe it's time. I was going to say, it would be great to drown. (laughs) Then we would be dead and everything would be easier. Oh my God. Right? No, (laughs) no. So also at the gym, I, (laughs) I was deadlifting, and after my first set, I walked away, and I had maybe TMI, but I had this pain kind of in my balls, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't happen, but then I realized it was stemming from my lower abdomen, and I was thinking, did I just, did I, a (laughs) 25-year-old healthy man, just give myself a hernia? And I also don't have health insurance right now. For one month. For one month, I don't have health insurance. And in that one month, did I just give myself <laughs> a hernia? It's since subsided. It, was, it wasn't ever that bad. But I was like at the gym. I, I finished, mean, anytime you Google your symptoms for anything, you're always sure they're going to die. Right. It's always like, you have cancer. I thought I had a collapsed lung a couple months ago, but you know, I digress. Well, you were coughing nonstop. You're still coughing nonstop. Yeah. Which, I don't know what happens to your body when you get a little cough, but it's never little. It's just very persistent. (laughs) But anyway, so that was our day. Basically, we got home from the gym and I was just like, the only thing I've done today is hurt myself. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't gotten anything else done. So we're pretty grumpy. So thank you for the first eight minutes of this podcast. Thank you for listening to us complain.
I almost feel like we need to move this to the end or something. No, you, it's 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 a good. I kind of hate it. I kind of hate it. Did you really? Well, I don't like to complain. That's I fine. think there's it's, a time and a place, like I said, to vent. However, you know, I, I don't know. I know people will relate to the car issues, to the hurting themselves, right, and just to generally having a bad day. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fine that it's at the beginning because now we can move past it. That was that. Now we can move on. Well, it's like I got so grumpy that at some point it just started to become really humorous to me. So that's like the place I'm in now. I'm like, "Eh, nothing's real. We both (laughs) got into better moods from this. Plus, we went to Sprouts and I've also just been, I mean, I've been overwhelmed in general. So I've been very lazy about cooking. Today I was like, oh, I need to make something healthy. Uh, But then I was like, actually, Gardein's on sale. So I'm going to buy a bag of Gardein sweet and sour pork bits and a bag of garden uh, mandarin chicken and that's what I'm eating for dinner. I don't think it's that bad. It's not terrible, but it is, is essentially Chinese takeout. Yeah, I guess that's you know, true. We are going to air fry it, but we're going to make rice and some steamed broccoli. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to, to that meal. Very, very <laughs> cheap. Cheap and easy and not unhealthy. Yeah, my it was $11. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes cooking just takes too much effort. Yes. You know, thinking about it, just sometimes it's like, just yeah. make easy things. And yeah. It's, it's, it tastes better because you didn't have to stress so much about it. I agree. You feel me? I understand totally why some people get takeout all the time. I mean, I'm if really we had the money, I would definitely do that. Not all the time because I like to cook and I'd get, right. I'd get these feelings like I got to cook. Right. And I got to cook something tonight. But for the most part, be like, just give me some. Literally, I would just get s- steamed tofu and vegetables and rice from a Chinese restaurant if I had ten dollars to spend feast. every day. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I love that. Like, it's great. It's like a thin brown sauce that I can't replicate at home, no matter how hard I try. And that's the great thing about being wealthy <laughs> is that you can buy something that's fine for you, and you could be helping someone else. You give business. people jobs mm-hmm. by just buying. A Buddha feast. <laughs> That's what we're going to do when we're Buy rich. Buy Buddhist feast every day? Yeah. Speaking of being <laughs> rich, here's an ad. Okay. So last week, we after we wrapped up the podcast, we wrote down things. Well, Sarah gave me a list of things she was just kind of thinking about that um, came up while we were doing the right. last episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of, I'm going to kind of go down the list. Let's do it. Very casually. All right. The first thing you mentioned was Rhett and Link have a weird YouTube channel. Content doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. So I never knew who Rhett and Link were until I met Eric and he's obsessed with them, like has gone to one of their tour stops, purchased their fiction book, purchased their other book, right? Which is, what is that? Autobiographical yeah, it's kind Ish. of just like a description of their lives as friends. He watches them like every day, almost. If you're not familiar with Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning, they have a YouTube channel with millions and millions of subscribers. They do a daily show. What, it's like 15 minutes a day? Mm-hmm. At this point, they're, it's like a huge operation. They have a full crew and, and people, hand, they have a chef. They have a chef. They, they pay to make absurd dishes that they can then taste test. By absurd, we mean like, Made of strange animals and animal parts. Which is the thing that (laughs) I don't love about what they do is that obviously we're animal rights. I want to say activists, but 
you know, low-key activism. Right. It's something yeah. we care about. So I don't like watching them eat animals constantly. Right. And I don't think they really like it either, which is why I love their podcast so much, because they're more genuinely themselves. Right. And it's for their kind of deeper fans, right. I'd say. Yeah. Right. And Good Mythical Morning is like kind of child friendly. Like I used well, to babysit. Pretty child friendly, you know. I think as time goes on, it's less. But I used to babysit kids and we'd watch it together, you know, because they were like 11 and they thought it was funny. Right. Obviously, they'd make innuendos that the kids wouldn't get and I would laugh at. And they're like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, you don't get it. I'll tell you when you're older. But their podcast is, they're just they are just more themselves. They're not putting on a facade. Mm-hmm. But either way. And they con- explore deeper topics, I think, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. their their YouTube content is very just like totally frivolous. And a lot of people derive a lot of enjoyment from it. Can I just say about their podcast, Ear Biscuits, it kind of, it it's what is life dude-ish sometimes. Right. Especially Rhett gets into... Like why Existential is any, topics. Yeah, why is any of this happening? Mm-hmm. That has been the theme of my life these past week, this past week and a half. It's been and the I, theme of your life for 20 years. <laughs> I keep coughing. Not, not my <laughs> life. I, this, is a, this is a recent development for me. But yeah. anyway, let's get back to the, like, what do you mean by the content not mattering? I don't mean this in like a like a condescending way. I think it's totally great what they do. But I think this is kind of the, the, the thing I want to explore today, which is that you can't judge what other people find valuable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who are we to say that just because, you know, for me, example, for example, I love consuming content that's pretty deep, like philosophical, spiritual. I like, I'm like trying to discover like the meaning of life, right? That's something I think about because I'm I don't know. I'm just wired that way because I've dealt with depression and anxiety and all that. But I feel like for a long time in the past, I've judged other creators for making stuff that's... I've judged myself and other creators for making stuff that's more just for fun and that's kind of like frivolous and doesn't necessarily have a deeper meaning or isn't standing up for a cause. And I feel like what I've learned lately is, you know, if something brings other people happiness or gives them a laugh like that could be the highlight of their day so i i need to kind of loosen it up on myself and other people and just let people appreciate what they want to appreciate yeah like when we go upstairs and eat dinner mm-hmm. i'll probably put on good mythical morning <laughs> yeah like the 14 minute episode of the day mm-hmm. just because for the most part it's just like okay whatever they're doing this stupid thing mm-hmm. that's I just want something to take my mind off of the perils of being a human. (laughs) But that's why I'm like, for the first eight minutes of this episode, we just complained about our lives. And I'm like, I I think that's fine because every podcast I listen to starts like that. They always have a topic, Mm -hmm. but the first third (laughs) of it Mm -hmm. is always just random bullshit. Right. But when it's Jake and Amir, I like them. Rhett and Link, I like them. Whatever podcast, I'm like, well, I like these people. And you care about their lives. Yeah. And I care about it. I don't know. Right. A- an- enough. Yeah. 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 Well, that's another thing about me is that I think I, lately I've just been unraveling so much judgment about everything. Like I judge myself when I'm being negative. I judge other people when they're being negative because I don't know. I just think sometimes when you've you've like dealt with depression or stress for so long, 
you try to overcompensate in the opposite direction. You're like, be positive, positive focus, only positive affirmations. And like sometimes that's, you know, just as bad as wallowing or, or anything, you know? That's why it's it's fine to be negative sometimes, but that's why I like the negativity container. Yeah. Because it, it helps me, well, it's hard when I'm not around you to think of it. Right. But it helps me not just go around my daily life being sometimes being positive and sometimes being negative. Right. You know, it helps You're to like be like- You're like intentionally like discharging some negative thoughts or energy. Right. It's like- if you're positive 75% of the time mm-hmm. and negative 25% of the time, but you but you divide it into people always just see my positive side right unless I until I'm like, okay, hold on, I'm gonna say something negative mm-hmm. and you're like breaking it off and instead of being sprinkled around, being like, oh, Eric just like says some negative shit sometimes. It's right. kind of like, oh, Eric said some negative shit, but he acknowledged it. And he sectioned it off from everything else he's talking about. Right. And that makes it better. It's like he's aware of, he's aware of what he's saying and how he's presenting it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, ah, this lasagna is really good. Also, fuck this thing that happened earlier. I'm so mad about it. Right. Being like, I'm going to complain for a second. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And I say that to people at work. Like people I don't know that well. Right. I'm like, hey, I, got, I'm, I have this negative thing to say. Is, is that okay? Because some people be like, I really can't handle that right now. <laughs> right. Which yeah, I know is a little important. snowflakey, but... Snowflakey? I'm, I use that term um, ironically because right. everyone is snowflakey. That's mm-hmm. called being a person. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think... I think... And now I've completely lost uh, track of what I was saying. I'm sorry. Do you want me to say something while you the think constant, about it? The constant coughing. No, it was directly related to what you were saying about... Um, Oh, yeah. I think another good thing about kind of like creating this, like announcing that you're about to be a little bit petty or negative is that if you just kind of are unconsciously being negative and like spewing out negative thoughts, sometimes other people like for uh, me, for example, I'll like try to play devil's advocate and like explain or like, I don't know, like make you feel better about the situation. Or as if I know you're already aware, like I'm gonna be petty, I'm gonna be negative, then I can just like kind of accept it be like a, a an ear for you you know what i mean mm-hmm. and I, I we don't end up getting like into some sort of debate about the rightness or wrongness of you being uh, upset about a situation do you know what i mean yeah yeah can we talk about more content that is quote-unquote meaningless <laughs> meaningless which is the lonely island mm-hmm. which we mentioned briefly at some point yes but this is something that you've been thinking about yeah. and you've really wanted to talk about. Yeah. So what are The Lonely Island? You explain better than, than I would. The Lonely Island is a comedy <laughs> rap group. Start- a trio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Started by Andy Samberg, who's famous for being on Saturday Night Live and now being in a bunch of movies and on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Andy Samberg is, you probably live under a rock. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Love rocks. You're like, I'd like to live under a rock. You're like Patrick Starr. Mm-hmm. Spongebob? Yeah. This is the second time Spongebob come, has come up today, I think. Weird. Very. <laughs> because neither of us have watched Spongebob in a decade. <laughs> but anyway, I also digress. So The Lonely Island was started by Andy Samberg and his two pals from high school. And then Andy got on Saturday Night Live. And then they started writing songs. 
and pitching them to Saturday Night Live saying, hey, can we make a funny video out of this funny song Mm -hmm. and air it? Mm -hmm. And thus the SNL digital short was born. So the first one I think was Lazy Sunday. Right. That was like the first famous one. Right. But they have a ton of music videos and a lot of them were on Saturday Night Live. And it's just, it's the dumbest shit written in a very intelligent way. Yeah. And it none of it makes any sense. Like me, one of me and Sarah's favorite <laughs> tracks is a song called Space Olympics. And it's literally just Andy rapping about. He's not rapping in that one, really. I, actually, you're he's right. Actually he's just singing. Singing. But the lyrics are just about. A what, fictional event, a Space Olympics what in the year 2032? 30, 30, 22. 30, I okay, I was like, wait, 2032 is like not that far. <laughs> 3022. <laughs> That's two years from now. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's literally just what would it be like if you held the Olympics <laughs> in space? Right. So it's just, he says like, brace yourself because there's no gravity. It doesn't even do it justice to speak the lyrics. No, go listen to it. Go it's, listen to all of, just binge listen to all of their content. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's funny because... Like, in that case, he's just being very blunt. Like, oh, all the all the athletes who are participating have to stay here. We want to give you a curfew, but we can't because there's no light or sound in space. So we can't see or hear you, so you can't really have a curfew. And you're like, okay, yeah, I guess that's funny. But right. The, it, see, it's not funny. It's not thing, funny at all. But when you put it to music and then you actually act it out in a video, and when you it's, vi- like, absurd. And you're like, what? Why is this funny? How did you come up with this? Right. All of their all of their concepts were like literally. How did you come up with this? And it's very clear that he was just like hanging out with his friends, and some stupid, like hypothetical situation came up, and he was like, "I'm going to write a song about that." (laughs) Let's just like speed round. They have a song about Mona Lisa and how she. It's just a stupid painting, and why would anyone like it? It's just a picture of a woman. Dick in a box. Dick in a box. Very famous, also. Mother Lover. A sequel to Dick in a Box. <laughs> yes. I'm um, on a boat. I'm on a... Right. Everyone, I just had sex. Oh, Jizz in My Pants is like... Jizz in My Pants is great. Right. Yeah. You know, would that... We've talked about this. Would that fly today? I don't know. We, at, so often we watch things that are a few plus years old. Mm-hmm. And we say to each other, would this be okay? Because Not, I, cause everyone things- is so sensitive about everything. Yeah. Like, would men who prematurely ejaculate be offended by the song Jizz in My Pants? A decade from now? Maybe. Possibly. I guess there's a chance. The point being, like, we think so hard about our content and what it's going to be, and we thought so hard about the podcast last year, which is why we restarted it, because we realized we can just kind of talk about topics like this, and thankfully there are people out there, you listening, who just like us, and we can generally talk about whatever, and it'll be entertaining to you, which we're grateful for, and hopefully more people in the future. Right? Right. It doesn't, it's not as important, and it doesn't have to be that as serious as we've made it to be. Yeah. I mean, things can be serious, but I feel like there should be some intrinsic motivation there. You know, like some people have really specific technical podcasts but it really amps them up to do all the research yeah yeah i had this idea that i pitched to sarah i was listening to the podcast if i were you and they were doing uh they were doing a speed round um q a 
which I would love to do with our followers, just like field random questions and just do as many of them in 45 minutes as we can. Right. But someone asked a would you rather, they said, would you rather speak every language or be able to communicate with animals? And this led, also the answer is obviously communicate with animals. Really? Well, you can learn. I don't know if that's true. You can learn languages, but you can't learn how to. But you can't learn all the languages. You know how many languages there are? No. Oh, they said it. Now I can't remember. Is it in the, it's in the thousands, right? I think it's like 3,600. Okay. But like literally most of them are spoken by like a hundred people or less. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they're very antiquated. Mm. But this led them to Google if you can learn every language. And I guess, I don't remember what era this was, but this man apparently at one time spoke 72 languages. Mm-hmm. And that was the most ever recorded. But I'd really like to know what their criteria were for being Knowing. able to speak a language. You That's know? true. But that led me to the thought, we should... We don't really want to do research for the podcast because that's something we tried and it made us um, uh, it made us not interested in doing it. <laughs> it made us like, he- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how am I it trying? It made us dread filming. Exactly. Well, just, I don't know. We were trying to go so deep. Remember, uh, those of you who were listening before when we uh, reviewed Pink Floyd's The Wall? Stop. We had <laughs> We had a literal existential crisis the morning we recorded that and it's really funny that was terrible <laughs> we should really we should re-listen that episode and then re-listen some to. people who were staunch uh advocate not advocates pink big Floydians. fans of pink floyd uh reamed us a little bit they really reamed for us. not being in love with uh the wall they really reamed us for not liking something a cyber ream well you know what reamers i don't like you <laughs> and i'm allowed to not like you and you're not you're allowed to not like us Anyway, digress. Um, so it made me have the thought, what if we just like researched people who do really cool things like that and then talk about them? Yeah. So that's just more content that can happen. Yeah. And we don't need to worry about it. If we, if we like hear, if we're on Reddit and we hear about some guy that did some cool thing, be like, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. Why not? We don't have to force ourselves to do it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Is yeah. there any any more about the Lonely Island you want to discuss? I mean... Not like their songs and their lyrics, but what it makes you feel, feel? about being an artist. I think... I don't know. I think I'm just coming to appreciate more variety now and be less less judgmental, like I said earlier. And, um, I don't know. We also watched the film Forgetting Sarah Marshall Mm -hmm. recently, which stars Russell Brand as himself. (laughs) (laughs) I love Russell Brand so much. Russell Brand is a, um, (laughs) you've probably seen it, but if you haven't, he plays like a rock star who's just the biggest tool in the world. And I, it's basically exactly how Russell Brand used to be. Right. Before he kind of. Reformed himself and became a spiritual leader. Spiritual, spiritual god thought leader but jason siegel's character is the main character in the film and he's like a he's not a struggling musician um but he's 
he has like his safe job in like audio engineering and then on the right. side he has this this idea he's cooking up a rock opera about dracula <laughs> and how dracula is misunderstood as a person right. i guess yeah but that's another thing you you wanted me to write down last week right cuz it just goes with it goes with all of all of that yeah it's just so absurd but it's an idea that someone came up with and it's like his baby and at the end of the film well uh, i mean i don't want to give any spoilers but the film is <laughs> the film is 15 years old oh, right, you can right. spoil it yeah i mean we see him having a successful uh, debut is that the word yeah of his yeah. of Open. his show which is a puppet show a puppet show musical about dracula <laughs> and then he gets the hot babe at the end because he does. he's followed his dreams Who's the hotter babe, Mila Kunis or Kristen Bell? Are you asking me that, really? Are you genuinely asking me that question? I know it's Mila Kunis. insulted, truly. (laughs) Kristen Bell's too blonde and basic for you, I think. I mean, she's pretty. Yeah. But she's not Mila Kunis. She's way prettier than Dax, her husband. (laughs) (laughs) But Rude. I mean, Dax is beautiful on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would disagree. (laughs) But wait, can I just say, before we get to the absurdity of the dracula musical and, I mean, and what it it's stands already, for it's there it's right it's top level <laughs> his jason siegel's is it his brother bill Hader? i don't know if they're Who, brothers or friends i think they're, they might just be friends but they're all like sarah said the show ends up being a puppet show and they're all manning these puppets but they're actually singing behind the puppets mm. and i guess he hires his brother to be one of the characters but it seems like he's not singing because he can't sing. So his mic is not on. And he gets so excited for the finale that everyone's holding out this long note, all these professional singers. And then everyone stops. And Bill Hader is holding his puppet high in the sky, just screaming. And his <laughs> mic is not on. So it's just like, ah! <laughs> just because he was so pumped to be in the show. And it was such a sweet and stupid moment that I just I just really enjoyed. I loved it. I didn't notice that at all. I'll show you when we're done. Okay. But the point is, it makes sense that the stupid Dracula uh, rock opera mm-hmm. is his baby in the show. But truthfully, in real life, that's something that someone would be passionate about. Right. And like, why is and that any? Make. Why is that any less absurd? I mean, it's made to sound like absurd in the in the film, but like, why is that any less absurd than um, a musical about a witch in Kansas? Do you know what I mean? Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Wicked, but same, same. You know, I, I knew you were thinking of Wicked because you love Wicked. Yeah. I guess The Wizard of Oz is technically a musical, but I, I, yeah. I don't remember it. As, we should watch that. Was it mm-hmm. on Broadway? Wizard of Oz. I don't know. I've definitely seen a th- like a theater production of it, but remember when we found out that the guy who wrote Wicked, whose name I can't recall right now, mm-hmm. he also wrote all of your favorite Disney movies, or mm-hmm. he wrote the music for mm-hmm. your favorite musical Disney movies, right. like The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, you're like that's your favorite. That's your favorite Disney movie mm-hmm. on a musical level. Yeah, and it's the same composer. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's Steven something. Someone's probably yelling it at us, listening. But we've also been talking about, well, you mentioned this before with like paying rent and paying for Wi-Fi and mm-hmm. like the things that we value and the things that matter. Yes. You had me write down Christmas wish list. 
Oh. Oh, yeah. So I've been just evaluating this year how we want to approach Christmas because, I mean, both of us are trying to, like, move away from... Okay, let's just be candid. We're making less money so that we can work less so that we can have more time to do things we like. Like this? Yeah. So we're making less money. And then there's, I don't know, like I said, there's all these things that requires just to survive and i've been going through this extreme like minimalist phase where i'm just like buying nothing i bought literally nothing except for something for melvin i bought a melvin a little little winter coat for black friday one winter on black coat? friday okay fine i bought him two <laughs> no i bought him a hoodie and a coat okay different different that's true. but they were 60 percent off and it snows here and he really does like the one little piece of clothing we have for him which i accidentally put in the dryer and now is too small, too small for him yeah he likes it i think it keeps him warm so we can play in the snow forever which he's he does. pretty warm without it but i think i think what's really happening is that he knows he's cuter so he wants to keep it on <laughs> right oh, oh damn yeah that's what's think happening. of all the problems like inherent in knowing how other people perceive you yeah. you know i was thinking about this a little bit like at the dog park it's like some dogs are cuter than other dogs but Nobody, like, the dogs don't know that. So they just all love each other and treat each other with respect for the most part. And what if you, what if Melvin really, like, what if there was a dog cuteness hierarchy that the dogs observed? Problems. You know what I mean? Problems. I I ask people at work, like, people who don't know (laughs) whose dogs belong to who yet. Like, we, they ordered pizza for us the other day. And the Domino's driver was standing in the kitchen with me. It was just the two of us waiting for my boss to come sign the receipt and pay for it. And Melvin and another dog that won't be named on the podcast <laughs> where it was Otto. They were standing, <laughs> they were sitting, standing there, or I guess they were sitting looking up at the pizza guy, like, please give me food. I smell that. <laughs> and he was like petting. Oh, hi guys. Oh. And I said, Hey, he was like, what? And I was like, which one of these dogs is cuter? And he was like, that one. And he pointed to Melvin. And I was like, that's my boy. <laughs> what would you have done if he had said otherwise? I would have taken the pizza and thrown it at his face <laughs> and burned his flesh off. Oh, no. That escalated further oh, no. than, I, than I anticipated, truthfully. Mm. Also, thank you for making me this tea. Yeah. It's really lubricating my mouth. Mm, wow. Love that. Um, <laughs> I have... Tea. I have water, lukewarm water to soothe my throat. And, and to uh, unsoothe her throat. <laughs> diet wild cherry Pepsi. Just like last week. <laughs> That's the last can we have. Yeah. Let's go get more. Let's, Let's bring the microphones in the car and go to Target and get more. That would be interesting. You know, they have, we have diet Pepsi cherry in the house. They also have wild cherry Pepsi zero. Mm. What's the difference? I don't know. We should, we should. <laughs> We should see. Let's do a taste test. <laughs> we do a, a blind taste test on the podcast. Well, on your Instagram, a few months ago, we did. We bought a bottle of Pepsi and a bottle of Coke, and we never drink regular soda because you know, we're healthy. And we did a blind. <laughs> we did a blind taste test, and I was. I had so much hubris going into it. I was like, Pepsi and Coke taste drastically different to me. I'm obviously going to know what's what. And so Sarah poured them and I wasn't looking and I took a sip of the Pepsi and I said, this is Coke. I know this is Coke, obviously. And then I tried the other one and I said, okay, I don't know what's happening now. And I literally had no idea. Right. I ended up guessing it right because I'm the master. 
Nice. But again, digress. How do like when I listen to podcasts, they seem like they flow so smoothly. <laughs> Even maybe they just edit it more than I think. We, we don't, don't edit ours. We don't at edit all. the podcast unless it's only when I say some dumb shit <laughs> edit it out. Like when I make a joke that Sarah's like, no one's gonna find that funny, distasteful. <laughs> distasteful. Then I'll not edit it out. funny. Not funny. We watched John Mulaney's new stand-up yesterday. Oh my god. John Mulaney is the funniest comedian. He's the goat comedian, I think. Because it's just so real, but not in like a Sorry, Sebastian Maniscalco fans out there. Who's that? He's another popular comedian right now. Mm. But I watched one of his stand-ups with my family before I moved to Colorado, and they were all peeing laughing. And I'm like, this is not funny. (laughs) It was like observational comedy, kind of like John Mulaney does. Mm -hmm. But it just came off so basic. I want to listen to some of it and see if we agree. Because I feel like we're usually... Though it was was a few years ago, and I definitely, over the years, I've gotten less judgmental and okay. I I still do it sometimes and I acknowledge it but I used to really say I didn't like things or just I would make myself dislike something because everyone else liked it mm-hmm. right and when I was a kid I would oh fuck the Beatles the Beatles aren't even good just because really? everyone liked them so much oh. and I hated that for some reason yeah when we get to my therapy update well I'll, I'll <laughs> ask the therapist about that yeah but we were watching with my family, and he literally, John Mulaney made a joke about this in his stand-up, in his first stand-up, where he said he's such a bad driver, and people always drive up next to him to see who's who's the idiot driving the car. But he phrased it in a way where he just disparaged himself, mm-hmm. and it was very comedic. Mm-hmm. But I remember Sebastian Maniscalco in the special I, I saw, him just saying, he just made a joke about bad drivers and having to make eye contact with the person who you see. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I do that, but it's not funny. But John Mulaney added his John Mulaney-ishness right. to it. Right. Because his version was basically like, I do a bad driving move and people drive up next to me to see who's driving and they expect to see a thousand-year-old blind dog driving and instead they see a 25-year-old man trying his best, which is <laughs> just... Is like healthy white man. Uh, right, like a health... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trying his best. And from just that extra flavor, so funny to me. But there is a part in the last special where he was talking about writing for Saturday Night Live and he was doing a bit with... Um, what is his name? The lead singer of the Rolling Stones? It's not Keith Richards. Mick Jagger. <laughs> he was doing a bit with Mick Jagger. And he was just talking about how when you have that level of fame, you can do whatever you want. Like people, normal people just beat around the bush and they try not to step on toes or hurt feelings. <laughs> but when you're Mick, when you're Mick Jagger, f- wealthy and famous, you can just say whatever's on your mind. So John Mulaney said he pitched a joke to him backstage and he just looked at him and pointed and said, not funny <laughs> in his British accent. And then he like tried another joke and he was like, that's funny. Hmm. So now Sarah and I, we've just been yelling, not funny, <laughs> at each other whenever whenever it comes up. Right. Yeah. I have to say, it it takes a lot for me to find something funny, I think, because mm-hmm. I'm so obsessed with like deep content. Like I love shows like Westworld that really make you think and question your the very fiber of your reality. What's the line from so, Westworld? Uh, do you question the nature of your reality? Yeah. Right. yeah. So like, I don't really like a lot of like funny shows like I don't really like The Office uh, like 
we watched Parks and Rec for a little while, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's fine, but I don't I don't love it. So it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, I love this so much, it's so funny. But like his standup actually made me like laugh out loud. So I appreciate it. I, well, because I think I think a core the core sorry Mm-mm. I think at the core of a lot of his jokes is he's feeling what we're feeling that life is so absurd it right. doesn't matter why is any of this why do people care so much about what's happening mm-hmm. when literally none of it matters yeah another thing it's really interesting i like to think about people's journeys to where they are and like how did you come up with this or and it's like like you said a lot of the things he talks about are relatable just mundane things but he adds so many layers of like I don't know. Like, I don't know how comedy writers think the way that they do. Like, how they decide this mundane thing is going to, we're going to build a bit around this versus any other thing. It's fascinating to me. And also, like, now it's his job and people, like, tons of people flock to his shows. But it just, I'm so curious to know, like, before all the fame, like, it's not easy to, like, make a name in, like, stand-up. Like, yeah. I've been to like local stand-up shows. It's just a bunch of random people, half of whom aren't really funny. And it's just like the thought of like putting yourself through that over and over and over again until it pays off is like fascinating to me. I would love to try stand-up. I would hate that. And not (laughs) – you would hate trying it? I would hate doing it and witnessing – no, you can do it. Thank you. I won't go though. Yes, you will. Tell me how it goes. I'll throw peanuts at you. Can I eat the peanuts? <laughs> yes. Well, I always just comment on funny things or things I find funny in what I think is a funny manner. Mm. And I'm like, maybe I could probably expand that. Obviously, I wouldn't try to do that as my career, right? Right. But it would be a, it would be a fun experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me think of like how people come up with skits too. Like Gus Johnson, who's a YouTuber. Yeah. He actually does stand up too. We saw him. He did his first tour and we saw mm-hmm. him and he was hilarious. Well, see, like I don't think he was has a... Do you know what I mean? It's just a totally different. Yeah. He's in a different class, right? I Gus was just like <laughs> chuckle, just chuckle. But I don't know Gus. if I'd have found it funny if I didn't know him right. already. Right. Yeah. That's also part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is which is something about making content, right? Like we love. I like just bullshitting on the podcast like this, mm-hmm. but it makes me think. Well, if someone just put on episode four and that was the first thing they heard, mm-hmm. like, would they like it? Am I providing enough <laughs> value just by being myself? Right. But then again, every podcast I've listened to, like I didn't know anything about Jake and Amir, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I, I was driving across the country to move here and someone had, I, I think I looked up po- podcasts with Bo Burnham and mm-hmm. Bo Burnham was on their podcast years ago. And I was like, okay, I like Bo. Let's listen to these guys. And then they were hilarious. And then mm-hmm. I, now I just listen to them talk about like the most mundane garbage and well, I'm that's, like, i love it that's like 90 percent of the podcasts i've i listen to i listen to be because because the host of that podcast was a guest on another podcast that i listened right. to so it's like this insane network and they're all of the hosts are on all the other hosts podcasts i'm yeah. like this is great <laughs> and so many celebrities have podcasts where they just interview other celebrities in different ways mm. but the fact that the host is different makes the podcast completely different Right. And, you know, every celebrity goes on all these podcasts when they have something coming out. Right. Aubrey Plaza over the summer released a new movie. 
or she was in a new show or something. Mm. So she went on Dax Shepard's podcast, and she went on Conan O'Brien's podcast. And I listened to both, and they were both drastically different. Yeah. Just because the hosts are different. Right. And it's like, well, people will listen to... I, I, like, people aren't going to say, oh, I like this celebrity, so I'm going to listen to this podcast. But they're also on this one, but I don't need to listen to that one. Right. Like, I'm going to listen to all a, of them. You go on a binge. Right. Of the given Can we just, on the topic of Aubrey Plaza, because I feel like this ties into the entire theme of the episode. <laughs> she's so fucking weird, and yeah. I love it. But, yeah. like, think about how long it, it takes to own how weird you are and just be okay with being super awkward and, like, it's like her brand now. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I feel like, you know, as someone who's in like social media and I'm on a, I am in front of a camera a lot. I, like when I started, I was trying to like, even sometimes now, I think like you're putting on this persona and you're like, I'm going to be bubbly and I'm going to say all the right things. And I had all this energy and like charismatic. And like, what if you could just be awkward and it's okay? You know right, I mean? and she's talked about that. Mm-hmm. Like the first time she went on a talk show, she was just like, "I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> she was super awkward and like dark, like she is. And then mm-hmm. she was like, "Well, that's just who I am, and I'm not gonna right. change that." Yeah, because right? people go on talk shows and they're like, "Oh, hey, how's, oh, Jimmy Fallon, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon is the he's not even a guest on his show, and he's the worst. Right? <laughs> Jimmy Fallon is is a hilarious person. Right, he's great on SNL. He's great. Whatever he does, and when he's on his show, he's just he's just so fake, cringy. Yeah, he's like, a little cringy. Like, just be yourself. You're mm-hmm. a, you're a comedian. Yeah. So we're gonna try stand up. That's the point. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna try stand up. I'll wait at home with Melvin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you want to plug some stuff and then go eat some food? Plug some stuff. Yeah. How long has it been? It's been forty six minutes. Wow. Right? I'm surprised my voice hasn't given out. Your voice gave out this morning when you were doing your voiceover. I was doing a voiceover. With the dogs borking in the background. Yeah. Um, so music update, right quick. Sarah and I, as Cute Threat, released our second Christmas single. Rockin rocking around, around the Christmas, Christmas tree. We were going to have recorded another one by now, but I lost my voice. Yeah, we have White Christmas all queued up. White Christmas. All the instruments are done, but Sarah can't sing, so we're yeah. waiting. Um, so we released that the other day, our second single, so you can go find that. And I finally released my first ever single under my own name. Uh, we talked about this before, but it's called You've Been With Me All Along. Can I take a second to explain what that song is about? Go for would it. You, would that be good for you? Go for it. I always I always say this to Sarah. I always think I'm boring her on the podcast because a lot of the stuff we say on the podcast is stuff we've talked about already because that's how life works, right? Mm-hmm. And I always feel like I'm boring you because you've heard it before. But then we have to remember that the listeners haven't, they're not in our lives. Unless we're in like a Truman Show kind of situation. We probably are. Mm. Mm. People have seen us get down and dirty. <laughs> It's a little disturbing, I'd say. Is it? Maybe not. <laughs> At least pay us. Come on. So this, my new single, You've Been With Me All Along, I wrote about Sarah a few months back. And I, it was just, the thought was kind of like, Sarah and I had been together for almost two years at that point. 
but there is just this, you know, if, if you've ever met someone and you just feel this deep connection to basically immediately, it's kind of, I was kind of riffing off that and being like, sure, we've only known each other for a few years, but you've been this missing thing I'm looking, I've been looking for, and it's, it's been with me the whole time. In a way, I just had to find it. Hmm. Does that make sense to you? No, how no do you, I don't get it. <laughs> Can you explain? How do you interpret it? Because you said that's your favorite <laughs> of my new songs because of the meaning. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any? I don't know. I'm a very uh, kind of woo-woo person. I feel like I'm, I'm like really into the idea of having contracts with people, soul contracts, before we enter into this lifetime. And I feel like that's that sense of familiarity that you get with certain people, this this sense that like things just that you've already experienced, gone through some things together, yeah, in in past lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's just it was that feeling, and it was well. I started as I was writing it. I ended up writing a verse about the lyrics are like, "You don't have to leave so soon. We're just laying in our room." There's no flight looming in sight. Uh, gone are the days of gone are the days of gone are the days of me flying or you flying from me. Me, fly, one of those, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of like, well, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to leave each other, right? And then that led me to write a different song, which is the next single that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. But it's, and it's, it was kind of funny how they flowed into each other. Yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is, I've never written, I've never been in a relationship like this, and I've never written songs that feel so pure. They've always felt kind of contrived. Mm. Like, let me, tr- let me write a love song about this person. And then looking back on it, I'm like, why did I write that? It doesn't... But this... So that they love you more. Exactly. Whereas these, I wrote them because I had to. And I wanted to. Right. Right. And I could give a shit if you love me more. Just kidding. <laughs> we should break up. On the podcast? But should we... We should keep co-hosting a podcast. That sounds super hella awkward. That could be a, that's like, that's like a concept. That's actually a little viral sounding. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Let's do it, babe. Uh, I'm breaking <laughs> up with you. What? <laughs> no, it was my idea. Uh, sorry. I get to break up with you. The, even joking about breaking up makes me like, <laughs> makes me v- upset inside. Right. You're like interesting because it makes me kind of happy. <laughs> I feel my depression fading. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my life, Eric. <laughs> so that's what my new song is about. And I would love, love, love if you guys checked it out. Mm. Because like I said, I've never written stuff like this before. And it's it's very exciting to me. Right. So look it up. It's under my name, Eric Ames. What else we got? And then in a few months from now, we're going to have the opposite side of that story. Oh, yeah. When we work on one of my songs. Yeah, so the the cute threat thing so far has just been cover songs, if mm-hmm. you're familiar. Um, and that was kind of just so Sarah and I could, A, release music quickly. And learn right? how to work together. And, and figure out what making music together is like. Because you know what? The, the first time we recorded music together, what we did, I'll Follow You Into the Dark. It was bad. We, had, we actually had a version that we never released. And then we reworked it and released the one. Um Holy shit, I was so nervous singing in front yeah. of you and I live with you. And now it's finally like, yeah, it, it works. Well, there are two sides to that coin because you you didn't you don't sing in front of people mm. and you've never recorded in like a studio. Not not, a, not that this is like a 
professional studio, right. but it's different when you're recording by yourself. Yeah. And then it's and then, and then you add someone saying like, "All right, you ready for this take? Oh, should I keep that? Should I delete it?" And it's just a totally different vibe. And you so you'd never done either of those things before. Well, let's just rewind to the first time we actually collaborated, which is before we had met. Right. In 2017. But that was easy because we just did it by ourselves. No, it wasn't easy, okay, <laughs> because I have intense nerves. So Eric did the guitar and his vocals and sent me the track. And then I, in my home in Millbrae, California, recorded my vocals and sent them back to him. Can I just tell you, I I was doing this for hours. First off, I'm not music. I was going to say, I'm not musically inclined. At the time, I really didn't understand music. So the harmonies impossible i still have trouble like i don't know harmonies are hard for me to sing unless i've like really memorized them you could call them harmonies and the harmonies in this song something by the beatles did i say that already uh i don't i don't know <laughs> they're weird they're wonky and it took me a long time to learn them and then the way that i naturally record vocals is i'll just do track over track over track over track i'll have like five takes all the way through and then i like for hours we'll listen to all of them and pick which one sound which like l each little piece which one sounds best of all the takes yeah whereas you just like overwrite things as you go and i'm like what <laughs> i just i'm like <laughs> trash that delete yeah. it i'm gonna do it again yeah so these cover songs have been kind of a uh just a stepping stone a, warm, it's, a learning it's process musical foreplay yeah it really is <laughs> yeah. um and now we're all wet and ready to uh <laughs> do original music yeah so cute threat like i think we've said they're going to be sarah songs that we flesh out together mm -hmm. and then she does all she does the vocals i might sing a harmony every now and I'm then sing harm. um but yeah that's that's next on the horizon for us as a duo and all of the music is going to be a, i mean like this first like re like round of songs that we're gonna do together is like mostly about us. I love that some weird shit because I, I had like just like all of the feelings I had with you recording your last album are now in this album. That's so. Do you understand? Can't he hasn't heard any of these. Can't wait to relive that. It's gonna be great. It is. It's gonna be great. How many we're songs do you think you have? Some trauma <laughs> I don't know. Maybe six. Nice. Yeah. And I have, after the first single that's already out, I have five more songs coming out, mm -hmm. which I'm stoked about. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap it up. As always, you can find us on Instagram. Sarah is at the Sarah Sullivan. I am at the Eric Ames. And you can follow us together at Cute Threat. Um, let's see. If you are listening through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate if you could hop onto the review section of our podcast page. And I mean, I, we would love if you give us a five-star review if you think we're worth it. And if you want to write something nice, that would be amazing too. But reviews really help. It gets more people to listen to it. And then it helps us um, make more money because this doing well, what we want to do. does it? Well, if more people listen, it does. I guess. I right? guess so. And if we make more money, that means we get to do more podcasts because we'll be happier and freer from That's the true. confines of the world. So thank you in advance for that. <laughs> um, and also speaking about money, you can go onto our anchor page and support the podcast uh, 
You can learn more about that on the website. If you feel so inclined, we'd be very grateful. And yeah, that's it for this week of What Is Life, Dude? Yeah, we have one more week of normal topics. And then I, wait, two more weeks, actually. I guess we have to pre-record. I'm leaving in a week for Costa Rica to do ayahuasca. So I guess we're going to pre-record. So two more episodes will be normal. And then yep. afterwards, you can hear all about that. That's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be fun, mm. right? Because the episode you're listening to now is the week before you leave. And we'll have a pre. Yeah, it's gonna be great. We'll have episodes about how you feel about going into it, <laughs> and then how you feel after. If we can even record a podcast, because you might be we'll see. way too emotional. I scheduled a, an appointment with my therapist the week back. Wow! So um, that's a great idea. I. Yeah, that's an, I knew I needed to. I, I was pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I won't want to go, but I'm. I'll force make it you. Myself. I'm gonna drive you around everywhere. <laughs> well, I had a friend that did ayahuasca, and she was just like so out of it the week after she crashed her car. So. Oh yeah, you told me that. Wasn't bad, but still. Hmm. How last thing? How many days after you get back is your appointment? I get back on Sunday, and it's on Thursday. It's on Thursday. Yeah. Well, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah. All right. So look forward to those. Well, blue. blue. Every, at the end of every episode, I, I forget how to speak. What's wrong with me? So thank you for listening. Yay. We will talk to you next week.